welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. In the words of the notorious Nace. Gotta love Nace, huh? What a name drop and a song drop. And I just sang. That's insane. This is going to be a memorable podcast, obviously. <laughs> Welcome to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is episode 42. I am your goofy, laugh-at-myself host, Brandon Lachance. Thank you for joining us, as always. Great show ahead for today. We have Jeff and Landon Miller. Jeff Miller is the LaSalle Peru boys bowling coach that just wrapped up his first year with the squad two weeks ago at the Juliet West Regional after none of the Cavaliers were able to make it. We talked about how sad that was because they had tons of potential. I mean, they won the conference meet the week before and then they struggled in the regional. He talks about all that and more bowling stuff. Landon Miller is a junior with the Cavaliers and has been a top bowler in the area pretty much since he stepped into the scene as a freshman and had a solid season again as a junior just fell short in the regionals he talks about that and his other hobby which is racing he races go-karts when he is not at the Super Bowl or the other bowling alleys in Illinois or if he goes out of state to bowl whatever bowling alley he is at when he's not there he is in a go-kart somewhere or he's in the garage working on them he is very passionate about both sports, and we talk about all that. So two great guests. I doubled them up for you on this one. Not one, but two. Their season just ended. Boys Bowling State was this weekend. Sectionals weekend before, regionals weekend before that. It is a three-week playoff process for bowling. So Boys State Bowling Championship was this Friday and Saturday that just passed us, which would have been was Friday and Saturday, January 31st and February 1st. Today is Wednesday, so just a few days ago. I talked to Jeff on Saturday, and I talked to Landon on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. So, of course, we talked about that as well. Definitely pumped up about that. I did want to go over state bowling and give shout-outs to the winners in the team standings. St. Charles East came away with the team title with a score of 12,836, average of 213.9. Whew, that's crazy. That was their average of game. Vernon Hills was second, average of 211.3, with an overall score of 12,677. And then Manuka was in third with 12,663, and an average of 211.1. Manuka is actually talked about by Jeff one of the teams that they beat or played well against in tournaments throughout the year. And then Manuka advances out of the regional, gets through to the sectional, and then finishes third in state. Jeff Miller was looking at this like, hey, we played some of these teams that went to state really, really well or beat them, and they're there. Sycamore, he talks about them a lot. So those were the top three. Just a couple other schools that I want to shout out to. Number eight was Hananiga. They scored 12,398 overall points, or pins, however you want to say it, with an average of 206.6. The reason I'm throwing out the shout-out to Hananiga is my mom graduated there. I am going to see her tomorrow or Friday, so it's like, hey, I'm going to see my mom, and that's her school right there. Good stuff for Hananiga. I have been to Hananiga quite a few times. My grandma used to do craft shows up there under their big dome thing that they had before an ice storm took it out. I don't know if they ever replaced it, but I'm from that area of the world, not necessarily the Illinois Valley. I came from the north, and then where I'm at now, well, I went to Carbondale and been all over the, the country as well. But originally from up there, that area, I was born in Janesville, Wisconsin, just for those who didn't know. So every once in a while, I'll give shout-outs to Schools up north, the Rockford schools, Hanamiga, and I also give shout out to schools down south that I either covered when I was working for newspapers or radio stations when I was at college at SIU, go Salukis, <laughs> in 
Carbondale, Illinois. Speaking of, Heron finished 12th in the team standings. I covered a lot of Heron Tiger football when I was working with the Heron Independent. Oh, that seems like forever ago because it was. That would have had to been like 2006, 2007. Long, long time ago, but that was a ton of fun. Heron scored 12,035 pins for an average of 200.6. That was the lowest team standing at state. That's insane. Good job, all these teams. That's pretty awesome. The winner, individual overall winner, congratulations to Ethan Posh. He is a senior from Manchesney Park, the Harlem High School. I know Manchesney Park pretty well, too. Before that mall was a ghost mall, I had been there quite often as a kid. Now it's a ghost mall. I don't even know if anything is even in there. They might rent out the building for gymnastics. I don't know. Nothing there anymore. Peru Mall is getting to be Machesney Park. It's funny. If you are in the LaSalle, Peru area, the outskirts, and you go to that mall you call it a ghost mall, should have checked out Machesney Park Mall for like the last 10 years. That was even worse than what the Peru Mall is right now. It's insane. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but that's what I think of when I see the Peru Mall. I think of the Machesney Park Mall because there's nothing there. But they do have a state champ in Ethan Posh. That's incredible. Good job, man. Fantastic. I can't even imagine being a state champ. I had Nathan Stubler on. We talk about state champs here and there that came from this area. And it has to be a fantastic feeling to know that you are at the top of not only your class, the top of all classes, top of all schools, top of everything, especially in bowling. There's no classes. There's no 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A in basketball, baseball. You get to football, there's 8As, 8A, 7A, 6A, da, 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 all the way down the list. Not in bowling. There is one. Everybody from every school, when it gets to the playoff time, are all bowling against each other. So, congrats, man, to pull it out on top. And congrats to anybody that can say they're a state champ. That's one thing that has to keep your head held high. That is a marvelous, amazing, awesome feat. Other things that I wanted to say before we get into the awesome interviews with Jeff and Landon. Rest in peace, Kirk Douglas. 103 years old. That is quite the life and he did it big being in showbiz movies huge star huge 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 star back in his day long time ago 50s 60s you know spartacus came out in 1960 i remember watching that as a kid and he was he was a beast like he was in really really good shape and he did look like a spartacus type figure he was like the gladiator of the 1960s so rest in peace, man. I hope nobody is shedding tears because to live to 103 years old, that means you meant a lot to a lot of people. But at that time, it's time for you to rest. It's time for you to take a break from the awesomeness that you did throughout your life. Thanks for some great movies. You also birthed Michael Douglas, who I actually like as an actor. I liked you as an actor too. I don't know why I said actually, but thank you for everything you did. He was born December 9th, 1916 in Amsterdam, New York. How far he came, February 5th, 2020, passes away in Beverly Hills, California after a lavish life of Hollywood and Showtime. I hope that wasn't sad. I wasn't trying to make it sad. No reason to be sad about Kirk Douglas. Great life and unfortunately... All of our lives end at some point. He got to enjoy every single moment of this thing that we call life has to offer. Speaking of life having things to offer, I am truly upset, disappointed that I was not able to make it to Mendota High School tonight. My high school basketball coach and science teacher, Brian Bloomhurst, we already knew he was retiring this year from being a teacher. Well, tonight was his last game as a coach. Of course, he is coaching the sophomore girls for the Lady Trojans. Tonight was his last home game, and they did a little special celebration for him in between the sophomore game and varsity game, and I was really disappointed that I did not get to make that. I hope him and his family know that I'm a huge supporter 
fan of his. He helped me through life in more ways than I think he knows. Uh, every time that I see him, I try to have a conversation with him because I enjoy my time getting to chat with him. Done a couple stories about him when I was with the local newspaper. So big shout out to Brian Bloomhurst. 34 years of awesomeness. Great guy that left a lasting impression on a lot of people. Thank you. Really, really appreciate everything you've done for me and everybody else that you've touched throughout our lives and yours. Speaking of the varsity game, which is still going on right now, Amelia Bromenschinkel in the last game on Saturday against Streeter got her season total to 723, which is the Mendota record. That is insane. 723 points in a single season sets the record for points scored in a season for the Lady Trojans. She has been on a tear. She is also now second on the all-time list. She had 16.52 going into tonight. She only trails Jackie Bice, 1999 graduate, who has 2,111 points. I do not see how Amelia Bromenschinkel does not surpass that mark if there's no injuries and barring any, you know, extra craziness. Which, if I know the Bromenschinkels and I know Amelia, I know everything will be okay in the extra crazy category. But still, barring injuries, I do not see how she does not pass that mark. She is a fantastic player and a ton of fun to watch. If you've not been to a Mendota girls basketball game, I suggest you try to make it before the season is over. And regionals are right around the corner, so try to get out to a game. And please, follow us everywhere you can. We are on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Please like us, follow us, all of that good stuff. We appreciate everybody that reaches out to us, whether it's a comment, whether it's a like, whether it's a rating, whatever it is, thank you very much. It is very, very appreciated. Much love from Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, we're trying, we're inching towards that 100 followers. We're only a couple months in, so to have the followers that we do on Facebook and Twitter means a lot to Edge of Your Seat Podcast and you guys for reaching out and listening. Spending your half hour to hour with us each podcast means the world. It really does. Don't know where you're listening to this show at, but please share with your friends, with your family, whoever you know that likes podcasts, likes cool people talking. I don't know about cool people, but likes people that like to talk about whatever it is. Please share us. We are on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Big shout out to Brian Cavelli, the master producer behind the intro and outro. I think that's all I got to say. State bowling is a wrap for the boys. Season over. But Jeff Miller and Landon Miller, kind enough to share their time. They are two separate interviews. Like I said, talk to Jeff on Saturday. Talked to Landon on Monday. I will put a little brief thing in there like, and here's Landon <laughs> in the middle, in between them, so you know when we're talking to somebody else. Thank you again for your time. Until next time, peace. This is the big weeks for boys bowling. It is the state tournament, regional, sectionals wrapped up in the previous two weekends, and it is state bowling time. Everybody would love to be at state. But it is one of the toughest things to do in bowling because there is no classes. So any school in Illinois, no matter if you have 10,000 students or 100 students, you're all going in the same competitions. And if there's anybody that can talk about this, it would have to be LaSalle, Peru, boys bowling coach, Jeff Miller. How are you, Jeff? How's it going? I'm doing good. Yourself? Doing all right. If I can talk correctly, this will be a great show. One step at a time. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's just talk about that. I mean, we'll start right there. It's state weekend for boys bowling. Unfortunately, the Cavaliers do not have anybody there. Actually, you guys didn't have anybody in sectionals either. Just talk about how difficult postseason and bowling is. It's very difficult. That's one thing I struggle about bowling is because it, it is such an up and down type game, like where you can bowl, you know, three hundreds and eight hundreds two days right before and then you can bowl you know 500s and you, you 
can't, it is fair to save your life. And I think you have that in every sport, but I think at least for me, and I've seen it, there's so many guys, even our assistant coach Joe Zokol, where I've seen him shoot 300s, and then the very next night in league, you know, like I said, he, he can't hit the broad side of a barn. So it's sucks because it's all just one day you have to be on you have to be good in it and you are going up against you know some of the best like you know sycamore that we bowled in conference that was really our biggest hurdle was to get over get through sycamore i mean they're a solid team and they made it to state we and we annihilated them in conference like you know came out swinging right before in the last conference one where it kind of came down to we bowled in their, at their house and then we bowled at uh, the super bowl and our, our boys stepped up and 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 annihilated them and then you look and they made it through regionals sectionals and they're at state we couldn't get to sectionals um so that's why i struggle with with that is only because it doesn't to me it, from knowing boeing so much and everything else is i don't like how it's just a one day kind of show but it is what it is and it, that, that's the point of it being you got to be on you got to be ready and, and mental just as much because i feel like uh that was really our struggle because you know, three days before that or four days, whatever it was in conference, you know, I had the first three games. I had two guys that had 700. Dylan had a 708 and Kyle had a 703 or four, something like that. And then Landon was third with 680. It's like you can't get mad at a 680, you know, with the first three games. And it's just how it goes, you know. Like I struggle with it as a coach because we had such a good team and so much talent and me being my first year trying to get them where I knew they could be because when they're firing all, on all cylinders, they could compete with anybody, you know, like just like Sycamore where we killed them and they're in state right now. So they obviously were fine, but it's a, it's a mental game just as much. Definitely. And you mentioned a couple players on your team. Let's go over your team. Of course, your son, Landon Miller, he's a junior. He's on the team. Just start with, you know, if you have any averages, things like that, and just kind of roll through your squad for me. I don't necessarily have, I mean, I can roughly tell you, I mean, I know Landon's around the 210, 213, around there. I'd have to look at the last postings from through there. I'm not sure where that they landed. I know Kyle was around the 200. Dylan was around the, you know, 185, 190. Matt Jacobson kind of had a slow start at the beginning, and then ended up coming back last month or so. I mean, he was like, you know, averaging 210, 220s, but, you know, kind of come from behind with the averages. So I think he averaged about 190, somewhere around there. And then our freshman, you know, Chance Hank, he's a solid bowler. I, you know, coached him and Tonica when I was assistant coaching there and helping them. And, you know, he's definitely got some good fundamentals, knows the game. I could foresee being, you know, when we, when we lose – uh, Kyle and Landon, you know, being juniors and the seniors next year, I could see the chance is going to be the one that's that's kind of leading the team. So I'm trying to teach these guys now to, you know, start grooming them and doing stuff like that. And then uh, we have another freshman, uh, Peyton Baker, that, you know, wasn't even going to go out for bowling. And then once we started, you know, right at the very beginning, kind of helping it and developing stuff, he didn't even have that strong of a bowling background. But he was a spare shooter. Like, he was just, you know, when we did score days and, and trying to figure out who was going to make varsity and stuff like that, like, uh, he was just, he didn't throw up some huge numbers, but he didn't throw any, he didn't throw misses either. So it was a spare shooter, and that's what kind of got him on the varsity was, you know, this game is all about spares. You know, that's it. Like, the shots, there can be different shots, stuff like that, but this this game from everything, you know, when Landon does ISSTs or EYTs, any of the non-school stuff, that's all you see. It's sports shots, and it's just spares. you got to make spares. We maybe open, you know, maybe two or three um, opens for the whole team a game, you know. And for all, you know, five, six guys in regionals, we and Joe kind of tallying it afterwards because we were like, man, we were really struggling. And our first game was we had 66 opens in five guys with six games. And we were like, that's it. It wasn't even the shot that killed us. It was, you guys were just not there in your spares. Like, it, and it weren't, like, splits or anything. And so, again, it's just, a, it's a mental thing. I kind of feel chance of Peyton, I give them a little bit of pass because they're, they're freshmen. Even when he would get upset and stuff, and it, I know his parents were like, don't, don't let him do that or anything else. And it's like, no, he's a freshman. He'll learn. He'll get through it. You know, like, it's, it's emotional. Definitely. And how do you say Dylan's last name? Uh, Wiskowski. Every time I look at it, I'm like, okay, that's Dylan. That's Dylan W. 
we did senior night, and I was laughing because at senior night, I even said it wrong. And it's like, I know how to say it. I don't know why, but it's such a tongue twister that, you're like, when you try to say it, and you read it, and you try to say it, and you're just like, what, what, what? It's just like, God, Jesus. You know, like, it, it's it's funny that you, I, I know how to say it, and I still, I still mess it up. So I feel the pain, but if anybody trying to read it when we go, like, to, for conference or went to, you know, any, any meets and stuff, when they're you know, introducing you're talking to people and like they try to say his name. I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. So this was your first year as head coach of the team. Just talk about coming in to the squad and how the chemistry worked throughout the season and things like that. I mean, it seems like you probably knew these kids because they've bowled with Landon for a long time, but it was your first year at the helm. So just talk about that. It was a new experience. You know, I've helped and coached Landon, you know, as he's, as he's coming up. And I've always taken the approach of you don't just learn from one person and be like, hey, that's who you're going to learn from and that's it. It's like I've always taught Landon growing up is listen to as many people as you can because everybody kind of tells you for roughly the same thing. But if they, one, might just say it a little bit different or anything else that might click in your head. You know, it might say, oh, he explained that just a little bit differently. And now I get it. Maybe somebody else didn't. Jim Stubler always says, throw it to the friction, you know, or and maybe that might click over somebody that says, you're explaining the patterns and, you know, stuff like that. I've always tried to get everybody as much as possible learning from everybody. And I loved how I, as a coach, could learn from so many different people that was out there. I mean, I had... I talked to Bob, you know, the different things before, during, after, what to expect, you know, here's some of the things I, I was dealing with that helped me with that. So I felt like I had a good community of people that that want to make this team a success, you know, because there wasn't anybody just be like, yeah, leave me alone. Everybody was on board trying to help me and help the team. I talked to Mr. Kelso, the coaches at St. Beat, you know, Eric and, and Buck, talking through them and talking, uh, everybody was just awesome. And even Dan Lee helping me be a coach and the paperwork and, and learning the, you know, everything to do to make sure that we were at the right places at the right times and we were doing the right things. Because it's, I learned there's a lot more to, to coaching bowling than just bowling itself. Um, so that, as much as that's crazy to see it like sound, because it's like, yeah, well, that's obvious, but... There is, there really is a lot that goes into the head coaching position and and making sure everything's running smoothly and the practices are all there and the kids are all where they should be and everything else. So, as you're talking about this and you're saying all these names, I did a podcast with Nate Stubler about a week or so ago. We talked about the community of bowling and how everybody tries to help each other out. And even though you're competing against each other, you know there's that wanting to help. And some of the names you dropped, so Jim Stubler and Bob Stubler are co-owners of the Super Bowl where most of the local teams, especially LP and St. Bede, that's their house, and they host tournaments there and stuff all the time. Bob was also the originator or the, I guess, creator of the bowling team for LaSalle, Peru in I think 2000 or 2001. You said Adam Kelso, he was the head coach for a year, just last year, and then of course yep. Dan Lee is the LaSalle, Peru athletic director, who was originally from Ottawa. So yeah, you got these collection of guys, everybody comes together and helps each other out. You also mentioned St. Bede coaches, Buck Emmerling and Eric Acuntius. Everybody comes together and is always welcome to help. That's got to be a good feeling to be in a sport like that where there's always a helping hand. Oh, yeah, definitely. And even, like, Joe Zokol, you know, is my assistant coach and stuff, and, I mean, he knows so much, and he knows way more than I do, to be honest with you. I think that we both have enough knowledge between the two of us, but he's helping coach kids outside. He, you know, he's he's got a million things going on, so he tries to help us as much as we can because, again, it's all everybody's cared about. It doesn't, you know, even when um, Eric's uh, son Trenton made it, you know, to sectionals and stuff, it was like we're all rooting him on. It was like, yeah, we all bowl against each other. I don't know if other sports are like that, how – we're so against each other, but still such a bowling itself is just such a close-knit type community that it, it's crazy. I catch myself sometimes even in league is rooting for somebody else that's against me, and then my teammates are yelling at me because I'm rooting for them. Fun sport, it's, it's got so many levels that you can just bowl and, you know, for fun, and just it's once a week and just kind of, you know, drink beer and stuff with everybody all the way up to the competition part of it where you can really take it seriously and, you know, do some fun things with it. So it's, it, I, I just love the people. 
more than probably anything. I just love everybody that uh, that always wants to help and 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 is excited about it. So it's it's cool. It's a cool thing. I worked at the bowling alley for a little bit. I've covered a lot of bowling tournaments and stuff like that, working at local papers and working at newspapers all over Illinois. And I kind of, hopefully you don't stop talking to me and listeners that are bowling fans don't turn off. But the word that I use to explain the bowling community, it's kind of like a cult. Once you're in, I mean, it's kind of like a cult. It's cool, though. It's a cool cult and one that, you know, if you're a bowler, there's not a problem being part of. But it's kind of like a cult. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> you got to drink the Kool-Aid, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been bowling, I don't know, since I was so, so probably almost 20 years now. And even, I mean, and our, we're such a bowling family. I mean, my daughter bowls and is just really starting to get into it. I mean, she's 10 and my wife is, you know, been, I mean... She's always kicking my butt, averaging 200, you know, one of the top ladies in this area. And it's just fun, and I just, I love the people that uh, do it. And so you, you're probably right. Like, it is, it's like a cult, I guess. Yeah, I guess. That's what, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> I know it's some, when you hear the word cult, you think, like, right. derogatory and stuff like that. But it also means, like, close-knit, and you guys are all on the same page, and that's kind of how it is. Yeah, and, and even, like, the kids, too. So, like, I know I've coached Chance. They laugh all the time when we're coming back from meet or something that, like, half our varsity is from Tonica. And it's like, that was totally by chance, you know? Like, it, but it shows, I mean, because we've seen it so many times that you got to start them sooner. When they hit high school, it's like, it's just like baseball or softball. It's like... The kids that really excel are the ones more than anything that are that start sooner and they learn the fundamentals before they even get there. And now it's just we're tweaking little things and stuff like that. It's like that when we go against, you know, Hananega or any of those big schools up there, it's like that, that's what they do is that the high schools and everything there, the community itself is is really pushing, going, hey, we, if we want to be good, we got to start them in, in junior high. And I love how, you know, like I'm going to start coaching Tonica's team this year and and helping because my daughter is in it and you know trying to help them more and stuff i love how the lower end the you know elementary school stuff like that are really starting to embrace it more and more because they said before like when lana was coming up he didn't there was no sectionals or you know regionals or whatever to make state it was just you kind of bowled you practiced they went state you know because there wasn't enough teams now they're starting to participate more and more and more the schools locally that there is now a regionals, which to me, it's like, I love that because I want more and more of these young, younger kids to, to start bowling as soon as possible. So, because that's what the big schools are doing, you know, the ones that are up there. So that way, when they hit up, you know, in high school, it's, we're really working on not the basic fundamentals of how to throw the ball, but now it's, it's more of a thing. And you can see it when, with chance with uh, being a freshman. And it's surprising. It's like, you got a freshman coming in, you know, like, uh, you know, averaging 190, 200, you know, like that's, that's huge. But it's like, that's up there. They're kicking people off the, their varsity team that, that don't average 205, 210. It's good because it's exciting where that's where the sport is going to be, I think, in five or six years if the community itself and the school, the younger schools start really picking up. I mean, if you look at other sports, there's Little League, T-ball. You can start playing anytime you want to. There's junior football leagues. There's junior soccer leagues. There's all these leagues for all these other sports. Why not have one for bowling? So when these younger kids get to high school, you know, they're already kind of professionals. They've already been playing for four or five years on a competitive level. What's crazy is that I didn't realize this, too, until probably three or four or five years into bowling is that, you know, I'm pretty sure bowling's the only sport, like, for high school and stuff to where you can start making scholarship money before college. Like, so you can't get paid or anything for, you know, playing softball or t-ball or little league or anything up to that point. But you can go to these tournaments. They put them in a scholarship fund, and you can start winning money. Landon right now, I think, has like five or six thousand dollars in his scholarship smart fund or whatever that's in it. So it's crazy how you can you can start making scholarship money and start getting better. And I'm not sure that you can do that with basketball or anything else like that. It's it's a it's a good thing. 
Yeah, I don't think you can with other sports that I know of, but I do know quite a few bowlers that go into these certain tournaments, and I don't want to say names of a tournament. I don't want to call it an amateur tournament. There's weird rules about what kind of tournament they can go in, what their title is, you know, the names yep. and stuff like that. So I'm not going to say any. I'm just going to say they can go in these tournaments and play against different levels of competition, and if they do, you know, finish in the top 10 or top 5, whatever is paying out, you're right, it goes into a scholarship. They can't touch it. Parents can't touch it. Right. School can't touch it, but once they get to college, then that goes towards their education and if they continue with bowling and things like that. So that's a really great thing. I'm glad you brought that up. When you look at it, it's like, that's that's huge. I mean, you get to get better at the sport. You get to start, and even if you don't, like, take it out. Like, my my, my daughter, we went to one up in, uh, it was in the Wisconsin area. She ended up winning. She was like, it was $500 that she, you know, it worth of in her scholarship fund, and it was just like, she's 10. College is so expensive. It's any little bit helps, you know. I'll take $10, you know, let alone, uh, you know, the extra the extra help. So, yeah, it's 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 a good thing. Well, if you get 15, you give me the other five. I'll put that towards my school <laughs> loans, and I'm still paying to this day. There you go. And we yes, both make exactly. out, Jeff. Yes, I like it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So now that the year is over for you guys, again, with state competition this weekend, probably uh, Saturday, 635. It's probably over by now for Saturday. If you just take some of those opens and put them back to the average opens that we have normally per game, and you add those pins, we're in. We're in, and we go to sectionals. Now, I don't know what happens in sectionals, and I always hate playing in my head what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. But, yeah, it was a, it was a learning experience for me of uh, how to deal with that and how to, how to move forward because I was, as a new coach, I almost felt like I was like, oh, man, I failed. Like, what could I have done to help them? I Like, I didn't prepare them. You know, it's, I feel like the – owner of a company i was like the buck stops with me no matter what like i don't care that that means if something happened it was i didn't prepare them enough i didn't you know i didn't give them the right tools i didn't you know so i was always i kept second guessing in my head and everything else of what i could have done better again that's what i love about you know i talk with bob and having that community and stuff and i was like he kind of summed it up perfect he's like you know it's you you were just preparing them for a test and they still have to take the test they still have to want it and want to want to be there and push themselves and everything else to to do it and still on their shoulders you can't take the test for them even though you know that they're smart they still have to still have to pass that test so it's just a reset um but you know on the bright side i mean it, it wasn't the ending we wanted but we won conference it was a good thing it was uh they did well there they they stepped up and and you know landed i think at first in yeah first in overall and then the team won and and did well and even too when we look at it you know looking at all the new up and comings kids too that we had that were on jv i'm pretty excited about where we're going to be even next year that we're not losing and you know we're losing dylan and we're losing matt and they were a rock star you know matt has definitely been all four years solid bowler that you can kind of lean on and and Dylan, you know, same. You can throw up those huge numbers. I'm excited that you know Chance is going to have Chance and Peyton that are freshmen going to have you know a year uh, under their belt. And Don Guerrero and Ethan Pico and even Jay Sluter, you know, Mav Andrews. I got so many kids that, and because that's what we focused a lot too on was JV. But two is because. They're our future. They're, they, we need those guys to step up. So they're on the JV team now. It's, hey, we need to develop you because we need you to be next year where these guys are. I'm pretty excited even about next year because of that, you know. It's crazy because Dylan W., I'm just saying W., I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> so Dylan W. and Matt Jacobson, I watched them as freshmen and I think even in like eighth grade bowling. So to hear that they're seniors and just wrapped up their senior campaign and are done with high school bowling, that just that's insane to me. I, I feel like it just kind of started. Like I, we were... We were talking about that, how Landon is a junior, and I was like, man, I feel like he was just a freshman. Like, it's just like coaching Landon, I mean, it's, I would say, taxing a little bit and sometimes because we do have that father-son kind of talk. I talk differently to him than I do anybody else because I'm a little bit harder on him. I, I think I'm a little bit harder on people in general. 
I understand that there's a bowling journey. Everybody's in different spots. Just like Peyton and Chance are freshmen, and I give them a little bit more leeway than I do Kyle and Landon, you know. Um, and then even Landon being my son, I'm a little bit harder on him and stuff like that when they're coming through and, you know, doing the opens or, or even being expected to be like, all right, you guys are the top dogs, you, you know, it's it's we need you to step up it, it's been an experience it's been an experience a fun experience too i always like learning and i always like you know trying new things and this was definitely a new a new thing for me and you guys had a good squad this year and with kyle jordan and of course landon being seniors next year and being able to lead the way i'm sure there will be plenty of success for the cavaliers next year i know outside of bowling i know you guys your whole family is obviously into bowling things like that but I, I guess you were telling me that there's another sporting thing that you and at least Landon are involved in Landon raced go-karts and stuff since he was our whole family is kind of at least on my wife's side is, is all about racing um, but he kind of grew up behind the wheel and he's raced a lot probably 100 feature wins like I mean He's definitely known in the industry, you know, like in that area and stuff for local, um, even national stuff. And he is he's definitely a driver. We took off last year to focus more on bowling, of doing those non-sanctioned you know, school events before so the college um, recruits could kind of see us because we did find out that, you know, hey, we were out racing and we'd find out that, oh, there was two college coaches that were there, you know, kind of checking people out and we weren't there, you know, and I was just like, hey. Now it's these last few years are kind of that time where we, we have to kind of be around more. So we kind of took it off. This year we're going to pick it back up, but just kind of part-time. But Landon's, Landon's been driving since he's, I don't know, probably four or five years old. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And my wife's brother does uh, dirt late models, which is a whole different ball game. You know, 900 horsepower on dirt. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. And I got so many pictures of Landon working on the late model. I am going to speak with Landon to get his excitement and enjoyment level out of the racing and stuff like that. But as his father and watching him grow up behind the wheel and being able to be a crew chief and do these things, what are a couple you know fond memories of a dad that you have of your son Landon being able to do this stuff? There's not one that really stands out more than anything. I know the year that we quit, he won. Um, there was a tour that we were, you know, series that we were racing with, and it was all over Indiana. I think it was there was some in Wisconsin and stuff like that that we went to that he ended up winning, and he won like a jacket and stuff. It'll be interesting to hear the podcast from him because that's one thing that me and another guy that we talk about Landon doesn't really show emotion very well. Like, he, he's very reserved. It'd be very few and far between. He'd win a race, and he would have a fist pump, and, and we'd barely see it. And we'd be like, get excited. We're like, did he just get excited? He's just calm. I think that's somewhat, too, is translated into the bowling is when he does some of the big things, like he's, you know, got 300. I think he's got eight now 300s and stuff is that you don't see the demeanor change he's just kind of calm and it just it is what it is you know it's just fun overall just watching him kind of go out there and do his thing and it's it's fun to watch him like kind of man maneuver through cards and being a driver style tracks that some of these that we go to you can't just put it to the floor and hold on you know like you you really have to drive him it's fun to watch, and it's, it makes me very proud watching what he's done and up to this point in bowling, and, you know, he's a, he's a really good kid. No complaints when it comes to him doing what he's doing or regrets or anything, thinking, oh, I wish we would have done this or anything else. When he puts his mind to it, he really he really pushes himself to be the best at it, you know, when it comes to the racing or comes to the bowling, and so it'll be interesting and fun to watch as he gets older and kind of applies that to life itself, how that plays out. My friend, the train, is saying maybe it's time to wrap this up. I don't know if you heard it, but in Mendota, <laughs> trains are everywhere. No, I did, I did not know that, but uh, <laughs> I'll, make sure to, I'll make sure to stay out of Mendota then. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you for spending some time with us, Edge of URC Podcast, talking some bowling, talking some racing, your first year. Hopefully we can get back with you and uh, you know talk some more bowling as, as time goes on here. Yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, good luck trying to get uh, Landon uh, a rise out of him because he's just kind of, yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's a quiet kid, so it, it'll be fun to listen to it. And like I said I would in the intro, here's Landon.
We were just talking before I hit the record button about how fast the winter season has went by for sports, including boys bowling. I looked at the schedule, I think on Thursday or Friday, and I was like, oh my, it's state bowling time, like right now. Regional sectionals already passed. It just went by so quick. And my guest today is Junior Landon Miller from LaSalle, Peru, who definitely agreed that the season went by fast. It just, it went by really quick, didn't it, Landon? Yeah, it was just kind of week by week, and then the next week you look at it, and it's there's sectionals, regionals, and everything else. Just talk about the postseason this year for yourself and the Cavaliers. It came by quick, but it looked like going in that you guys had some tough competition. Yeah, we definitely had some tough competition. We had Sycamore, which we were actually doing pretty good against. We beat them. The second time we saw them, the first time we took two games, and it was overall just a good competition and to prove how good we actually were. And then it was just a kind of off day for the team at regionals, and no one was really doing that good. Fortunately, you'll have those days or those meets where just things aren't clicking. Yeah, and conference we were doing really good. We won the conference tournament. It was just we were feeling really good going into it. I think it was just kind of everyone was trying to be so perfect to make sure they didn't mess up that it was messing them up. Bowling is a huge mental sport. So once you know you throw that first game and you're off, it's kind of hard to get back in the in the moment or get back in the good graces of the bowling gods. Did you kind of feel that way during regionals? Kind of. I didn't have too hot of a first game, and the team didn't have too hot of a first game, and everyone was kind of down. And then it was just, come on, guys, we can do it. We can still do it. There was only one bad game, and then we had another game, and then another game, and it was just no one was really happy or hyped up or anything to go. And you guys were at the Juliet West Regional two weeks ago. LaSalle, Peru finished eighth with 5,503. Juliet West was the winner with 6,402. Just a couple other scores from local-ish teams. Nine was Streeter with 5,365. Ottawa finished 10th with 5,348. Hall was 11th with 5,111, and then St. Bede was 12th with 4,881. So you beat out the local talent if there's anything to look positive here. Yeah, just kind of, it was just kind of us proving that we're still fighting up there for the top spot and the local and trying to find the top spot for regionals and stuff like that. And coming into your junior year, I mean, as soon as you came to the bowling team freshman year you were already looked at as like oh Landon Miller is going to be really good and you were as a freshman I think you improved as a sophomore you come in junior you're already well known everybody in the bowling area or bowling community is like hey he's he's one of the best in the area so did you feel any pressure anything like that throughout the season not really I mean at the beginning of the season it was just because last season I started out really good too and I slowly just got worse as the season went on and so this year I started out good and then I was just trying to make sure I could keep my momentum going all year to try to push our team to win conference and then make it sectionals and maybe even state and just talk about this year's team I mean with you Kyle Jordan I just say Dylan W because his name is crazy <laughs> but with yeah <laughs> but with you, Dylan, Kyle, I mean, that's a pretty good starting three. And then, you know, you guys got other talent around you. So just talk about how you guys tried to gel together and, you know, like you said, keep the team winning and, and be successful throughout the season. Yes, all of us can definitely have our very good days. Kyle shot 700 a couple times. I've shot 700 a couple times. Dylan shot 700 like a conference. Me and Dylan were going off, and it was just everyone had those days where they were really good, and we were just trying to make sure everyone had that day at regionals. And again, unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah, sometimes it was just it was a harder shot because the team's more higher revs, so it's more we're more made for oilier patterns, and that dried up pretty quick, and that really threw us off. Well, after you know your junior year, knowing things that you maybe wanted to improve on, things like that. So, what are you going to work on in the off season to try to improve your for your senior campaign? Definitely spares and trying to work on my consistency. Because I definitely did miss a bunch of spares at regionals. And I think that is what took me individually and the team out of a couple 
maybe 100, maybe 150 pins. Well, besides bowling, I know you do some other sports, including things that uh, do not include high school athletics like racing. Just talk about that and how you got involved. Yeah, my uncle's always kind of uh, been around the racing. LaSalle Speedway, he was the champion there in like 2010. And I've always kind of looked up to him and trying to be like him and racing as much as I can. And ever since I've been able to get behind the wheel, I've always loved driving and racing and just being behind the wheel. Awesome. We got to give your uncle a shout out. Who's your uncle? Scott Schmidt. So he's the one that got you into it? Yeah, our whole family has kind of just been racing because of him. What kind of racing is it? Are you into motorcycles, go-karts? What is it that you're racing? Uh, go-karts on dirt. So is it kind of like Mario Karts? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite racer on Mario Kart? Who do you try to use? Uh, Bones. He's a good one. He's underrated. Yes, I've always used Bones, like, because me and my dad are always both competitive, very competitive against each other. We used to play Mario Kart all the time. It's a great game. Yes. I always went with Toad. Toad was my guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> awesome. So what is it about racing that, you know, got you interested in what has kept you doing it for so long? Like, since I've been a kid, like, the first race I went out, I won, and it was, like, ever since then, just being on the track and you being behind the wheel and having the power to just put it to the floor and drive it like you stole it and just making sure that you try to get to the front and you big mind game too. Pushing yourself. I'm not out of it. I'm not out of it. It's a big mind game too. Do you have any plans to, you know, progress into maybe more racing besides go-karts? Uh, yes, the college I'm actually looking at right now has racing as a sports team. Oh, really? What college is this? Uh, Northwestern University of Ohio. Okay, and they have a racing team? Yes, they have a little racetrack that they bought, and it's like one of their sports teams is racing. Awesome, and if you were to join that team, what kind of racing would that be? Modified. It's uh, about the size of a regular car, but on dirt and sideways. And I spoke to your dad, and he was talking about, you know, all the opportunities you'd have if you do go to the school, that you could continue bowling, they have the classes that you want to take, and racing. So just talk about that and all the things that you might be able to do at this college. Yes, it is definitely kind of my dream college because I've always wanted to go bowling and do college bowling but at the same time i've always wanted to be a diesel mechanic just because my grandma and grandpa own a trucking company and i've always worked there i've always kind of been really interested in working on them so i've always wanted to be a diesel mechanic but i've always wanted to bowl so i couldn't find a school that had both all in one you can fix cars you know a lot about cars yeah mostly can you build a car from scratch no. <laughs> Not yet? Not yet. <laughs> so a mechanic is something that, you know, you want to do as a, a career field going further? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think it'll definitely allow me to do what I want, where I want. Awesome. Were you one of those kids that had a ton of Matchbox cars or model cars? Yes, Definitely. What are a couple of your favorite model cars that you had? Well, mostly because my uncle's always been racing, we'd go to the races and I'd buy those little model late model. I've always had a bunch of little cars of those. Have you traveled, you know, outside of the area to go to races? Uh, yes, we went down to Missouri about five years ago to go racing and we did actually pretty decent. So you've had the opportunity to race against, you know, people that you didn't know in different states. So there might be different styles and things like that. So you've kind of, you know, grown your horizon. Yes, it is definitely a challenge to go race people you don't know. And there's some pretty big names there that go. And it's just an overall challenge of your ability to adapt to a track and then learn to drive it really fast. And then... Because all you have is really practice. you got to learn to drive it fast. And then just testing your ability overall. 
So with being a high school student, being a bowler, and a racer, all three of them take a lot of time. How are you able to manage your time and to be able to put as much as you want to in everything that you're doing? Uh, well, I've always just done school, done the homework as much as I can in school, and then doing it a little bit out of school when I, if I have to. And then after school, I will go to work for a couple hours, and then I will just come home and work on the go-karts for most of the time except for this year we took a year off so i can try to focus on bowling and push my game as much as i could and how do you think you know taking that year off how did that help you it definitely i definitely improved on my spares and it just gave me more time to go bowl and just kind of do more tournaments and get used to more different shots and overall improving my arsenal and ability to play different shots not only are you playing sports and racing and doing all that stuff, you had to have watched the Super Bowl. Yes, that was definitely exciting to watch. Who was your pick to win it? The Chiefs, because I've always just seen the way they've played this year. And I don't watch very much football, but I've definitely noticed how they play and they can always come back from behind and they're always up in morale and keeping everyone happy and pushing ahead. What about that fourth quarter turnaround where they go on a 21-point comeback? That was insane. I did call that. I was talking to my dad right before the fourth quarter started. And I go, they're going to win 31-20. to 20. And he goes, they're not going to score 21 points. And then they did. So you're telling me that you called the, the final score? Mm-hmm. At the start of the fourth quarter, I called it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So is another career path that you're looking at betting? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it might have to be. <laughs> you better go get a couple of scratch-off tickets when you get old enough. I might have to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm not promoting gambling here. <laughs> well, Landon, I just want to say thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Really appreciate you having the time to join us and talk about some of your passions, such as bowling and racing. So thank you. Anytime. It's been a bunch of fun. I'm definitely going to have you on again. I hope you know that. Okay. Good.